Episode 1 of Baseball Season 1, March 27, 2013. Hello, fantasy nerds, and welcome to the Everyman's Fantasy, the world's first fantasy sports reality show where we drop nuggets of fantasy wisdom on you while talking about the one thing nobody cares about, our own fantasy teams. I'm Travin. Joining me is the future mayor of Akron, Pennsylvania, the crime dog. What's up, buddy? And keeping us in line and on time, Cubicle Dave. What up? And today we've got a special draft edition of the podcast where we'll discuss the best and worst picks of our draft that we held on Saturday, who had the best overall draft, our favorite picks for our own team, and then talk about the one player we were bummed that slipped between our fingers. To wrap it up, we'll make a few bold predictions, but before we get into that, I want to give you a little background of our fancy league structure so you can see where we're coming from. So I'm going to toss it to our reigning champ and the commish, the crime dog. What's up, buddy? Uh, going over the, the league, just as a heads up, we have uh, 12 guys. A bunch of us are friends from college and associates. Most of us have known each other for quite some time. We do a four-player keeper league. Uh, and there's pretty much no restriction on the guys you can keep. It's any four players, hitters or pitchers, and we have just a regular draft. We do head-to-head and points, which is a little bit uncommon, uh, but it's a lot of fun, a lot of trash talking. Yeah, and um, like you said, we have 12 guys, and yeah, it's a head-to-head, so top six make the playoffs, and um, this is our fifth year doing it. We're going to now talk about the best pick of this 2013 draft. So, Crime, what, what did you think was the best pick and why? Uh, the best single player taken, I think, is definitely Matt Wieters in uh, what was our seventh round, but would be the 11th round of a normal draft. Uh, Nick got him. There were already six catchers either kept or picked in the draft, and uh, Wieters is the seventh in the seventh round, so I like it. Completely agree. Cubes, what do you think about the best pick? Uh, yeah, other than other than Wieters, uh, that, that was one pick uh, that I really liked. Um Looking over the board here, um, I don't know. I might have to go with uh, Ben Zobert's at number eight, taken uh, by yours your truly. Own, your own pick. <laughs> Dude, uh, hey, we talked a lot about – I got a lot of offers uh, on draft about that pick. So it was more than I thought. We'll, we'll get into uh, – I don't know. I was a little disappointed with that pick, but I, I got a lot of offers. So Hey, there's no room for hubris here on the Everyman's Fantasy. I agree. I'm one of the guys who wanted Zobrist at my pick 11. So um, I, I think that was a great pick as well. Um I actually went with Matt Wieters uh, as the best overall pick, just like the crime dog said. Um, you know, he's a seventh catcher off the board. The last two years, he was sixth and fourth at his position. And, you know, he's 27. He's entering his fourth year in the league. And um, I th- we just saw Buster Posey break out last year, another highly touted catcher. I think Wieters could do the same. Uh, at the very least, he's going to be a top five catcher, even if he doesn't break out. And, um, he was picked at 127, and his ADP was 51. So you're getting him at a at a steal there. Um, I, I, and, uh, Trev, I was looking at, at leaders, and one thing that surprised me was, you know, when you have a single catcher league and you have 12 guys, um, it's reasonable that a bunch of people wait off until the end. But you thought half the league needed a catcher, and uh, with leaders in the seventh round, it's uh, interesting that that Nick was able to pick him up there. I think. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, a few catchers were keepers. I think Maurer was a keeper. Posey was a keeper, and that might have been the only two. Um, but then to have four other catchers taken before him was was a bit surprising. I know I went back and forth between Martinez and uh, Victor Martinez and Weeders when I was picking. 
um, ultimately going Victor Martinez, but a couple rounds earlier than than Weeders. Um, a few other picks I, I liked. Um, David, who wasn't even at the draft. <laughs> if he was at the draft, he certainly would have made this smart of a pick. Probably would have gone with Mike Zagurski or Vance Worley here. But in round nine, uh, pick 99, he took Austin Jackson. Uh, there's a few other outfielders there. Victorino, Pence, Beltran, Melky Cabrera. But I think Austin Jackson has the best chance to really break out of those guys this year. Um, you know, I was looking through his stats. He had he had 300 last year, 16 homers, and that was good for 24th best outfielder in our league ahead of Justin Upton. So I think that would surprise a lot of people that he finished the season ahead of Justin Upton. And he's also running his fourth year like Weeders. I, I think 25-25 is well within his reach, especially um, in that Detroit offense. He should score a lot of runs too. Yeah, absolutely. It's also interesting. It started a little bit of a run uh, on outfielders right after that. You had Dominic Brown, and I like Dom Brown a lot, but that's a big talent drop-off. And then Nelson Cruz, then a few picks later, you have guys like Carlos Gomez and uh, uh, Angel Pagan, stuff like that. So I think right where he got him um, is a really good place. I like Austin Jackson a lot. Yeah, I agree. The the run did start on kind of those mid-level or whatever you want to say, middling starter outfielders. But I think Jackson definitely has a chance to be a guy whose who's best days are ahead of him as opposed to a lot of those other guys. Um, giving some props to our boy Cubes. Uh, this is going to be funny for a lot of people, and probably a lot of you guys have been burned by him before. But in round 14, uh, pick 161, Cubes picked up Carl Crawford. Um you know, you could commence. Well, yeah, you could commence laughing risk. now. Yeah, go ahead, Cubes. Yeah. Why don't you explain maybe what you're thinking and and why well, you did that? Uh, let's see. I kept two outfielders, and then I also got Ben Revere. I think a few round. What round did I get Ben Revere at? Um, uh, ben Revere was taken right eleventh round. Yeah. So I had yep. my three outfielders, and then I had Revere. Um, or yeah, Revere is my third outfielder, and then I was thinking just um, kind of take a high risk, high reward guy. Um, we have two utility spots, and that's kind of where Crawford f- um, falls for me. Uh, like with Revere, I already have steals. Crawford could get me a little more steals, and if he doesn't, um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill me. But um, he is definitely the first guy on the chopping block for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't I know mean, if that's good or bad, but yeah, I think I think that's a great pick at four, uh, round fourteen. You know, he's not even close to a shell of his former self the last two years. But, you know, two, three years ago, you know, um, he went 307, 19 homers, 90 ribbies, 47 stolen bases. So even if he could give you 65% of that, um, you know, especially in the Dodgers lineup that could be pretty explosive, I think you're you're getting a lot of potential there in a round that, you know, most guys probably aren't going to really give you much value in the in the 16th round or 14th round speaking of value another guy that went after um worth and just to give um the listeners and i use air quotes around that word um jason worth was picked in the next round i is is he just not are people just not too excited about him because we were you know the 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 league is mostly made of phil's fans so we kind of know what he can do yeah i like uh i like jason worth a lot i think that's pretty far for him to fall on like some guys that went ahead of him that i think are a little bit of a stretch not even necessarily guys i really dislike but you had ichiro and ichiro is good but it's, i mean given the choice between those two guys ichiro? uh i would i would definitely stick with worth i know Corey hart went ahead now he has different eligibility but when you look at that offensive and, and of course you're filling different needs but you look at that offensive production i'd 
definitely go with Worth, who I still think, you know, hit 30 home runs, steal 20 bags. Maybe that's a little bit out of his reach, but still not bad for the uh, 15th round. Yeah, I think it's really funny when you get down to these middle rounds um, and you see guys who you think, man, that, that guy was good once, and that's kind of the case. He was good once. You know, you got guys like uh, Cubes' boy Nick Markakis going in round 12. You know, Ichiro and Alfonso Suriano used to obviously be studs in round 13. Colby Rasmus, you know, what could have been with him. Um, and, and, yeah, guys then you have Crawford. You also have Worth. So it's kind of a grab bag of, of maybe who's going to come back and be able to give you some value. And out of those guys, I don't mind the Crawford pick. And I think the Worth pick isn't bad either because they have done it before. I'm not ready to write either of those guys off too much. Um, whereas Ichiro, Soriano, guys like that are pretty old. So And they're both on teams with some uh, stud offenses. So Right. You always got to look at that, I think, when you're picking too. You know, how can you get runs and, and get some cheap points, even if the guy isn't that good? Um, let's move on to the worst pick because this is – this is just as fun as the best pick, if not more. More, more um, fun. Yeah, usually, more usually fun. more fun. Uh, crime. What what was the worst pick of our entire draft? I have. Well, it was you know our first round, but essentially the fifth round. Uh, there are two back to back picks that were pretty bad. Both first basemen. Oh jeez. You're, you're gonna steal mine. Yeah. Well, I think this is pretty uh, about as objective as you can get. A made up you know imagination game, but Lou took by proxy. Uh, Ryan Howard at fourth overall, which is ahead of guys like Zobris, like Butler, Phillips, U Darvish, Sabathia, um, Johannes Cespedes, Matt Kent, a ton of top tier talent uh, that falls after him. And I'm a bit, and with both these guys, and then Rizzo is taken next uh, in the fifth spot. And they're both, I'm, I'm a big fan of ballsy moves that look stupid, but, uh, you know, you just have a gut feeling about. Sometimes Howard, moves that look stupid are just stupid. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think there's nobody's going to touch those two guys unless I guess they might draft them from each other. Nobody else <laughs> is going to touch those two guys until what? I mean, at least the fourth or fifth round, you know, the, the yeah. eighth, or ninth round. eighth or ninth. Yeah. Eight. I just can't imagine. And if you even if somebody takes them before then, you know, they're like I have guys I fall in love with. I, I'm worried about taking them too early, but I just set an objective standard. This is the absolute earliest I'll take them. If somebody else wants him early, fuck him. Yo, Cubes, all right, so uh, you said he might have taken yours. Yeah, mine Definitely. was Anthony Rizzo. All I don't, right, I don't so get any... it's unanimous at this point then. That was mine too. Yeah, I think early, yeah, those early rounds, you have to find power and power at the corners. And I mean, Howard could, I don't know, I, I feel like he's going to have a good year, um, but not. I mean, yeah, I mean, that early, I don't think you know that's what you want to do, like Crime said. Uh, Billy Butler went after him. Uh, even get like a couple of pitchers with Darvish, Sabathia, um, Alan Craig, like I don't know, Freddie Freeman. There are guys at the corners. All I right, think be that, easy, you know, be easy. Yeah. Alan well, Craig. I, well, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, a corner guy could could do okay. Yeah, I agree with you, Cubes. I think Rhino was a stretch, obviously, but I think it's at least with some uh, foresight. Like you know, he could do it. He could return to that guy who bashes 45 homers, puts up 120 RBIs, something like that. Anthony Rizzo, I mean, I don't see his ceiling for this season being anywhere close to that. Um, just to give you some background, he it was picked number 53, like we said, uh, round five, our actual first round. And coming into the draft, the thing that perplexes me is Jesse's keepers were Jacoby Ellsbury, 
Brett Lowry, Cliff Lee, and Paul Goldschmidt. So that probably has you laughing already because those are pretty awful keepers. But Trev, this would be a good time to inject a little bit of uh, real life, not to cut you off totally, but I'm going to cut you off totally. So Jesse's best keeper is Cliff Lee. And, of course, the backstory is that uh, Jesse and I were at a Phillies game in April last year. Uh, Lee got absolutely shelled, and uh, Jesse and I had uh, imbibed a little bit of an adult uh, beverage. And, yeah, who got, uh, yeah, who was shelled more, Lee or you two? Um, oh, it was about equal, but we weren't all on right. the job, so that's a little bit different. No you know, one had you guys on their fantasy roster right. either. So it's all right. right, right. He is a contributing member of society. We're kind of uh, schmucks. But so he got hammered, and uh, he, uh, I told him to drop Cliff Lee, and I promised I wouldn't pick him up if he, if he did. Cliff Lee and I also have some bad history. Uh, he dropped him. Trav picked it up immediately. And uh, then after the season, Trav traded him back for uh, – you know, an absolute king's ransom in draft picks from Jesse. So right. even Jesse's best pick uh, or his best keeper comes with a ton of awful baggage. Yeah. He- when Jesse dropped him, I remember thinking, like, yeah, is, is something messed up? Has his iPhone been dropped in water and gone crazy? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, yeah, trading him back, I got what would be an eighth and ninth round pick for Cliff Lee. And the thing that got me with his keepers, I mean, his keepers are awful, right? Um, Ellsbury... Brett Lowry, Cliff Lee, and Paul Goldschmidt. But Paul Goldschmidt is a first baseman, you know? So if you right. come in with awful young... keepers, right? Why, why, are you, why are you then expounding on that problem with then picking another guy who can only play first base? You know, we have two utility spots, but let's get real. You have a young first baseman in Paul Goldschmidt. You're getting another young first baseman in Rizzo. I mean, guys that were on the board were Cespedes, Bourne, um, you know, tons of pitchers, Matt Cain, Darvish, stuff like that. So to me, that Anthony Rizzo, I mean, to all of us, it, it's unanimous. It's a completely awful pick um, by Jesse. So just living up to kind of his gold standard there, huh? Yeah, I guess. I mean, the thing is, I think there's just when you're not in the draft, when you just send like a list, it's so tough to stay true to a, uh, you know, some kind of ideology. Like, I think he just should have said, I don't usually advocate this, but I'm just going to get the best two pitchers available because if everything else played out the way it did, he could have grabbed uh, like Darvish or Sabathia or Kane with that first pick. And then coming back around, he still would have been able to grab uh, either Granke or Gio Gonzalez uh, or even like Bumgarner, who's not great. But again, it's much better. Like then you, then you go into the season with three good starters with Cliff Lee and then those two. And just pick up uh, hitters as they come along, which is easier said than done. But at least there's some semblance of a strategy there, you know. Yeah, every single guy you mentioned is better than Anthony Rizzo. Let's let's uh, let's leave it at that. All right, let's let's switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk about our own team. So, what was your favorite pick that you made in the draft? Uh, I would say, well, I really like. I had my for I was on cubes before the draft. I had four guys targeted for my. Uh, picks, uh, you know, five, six, seven, and eight. And it's tough to ever plan for four specific guys. When you're drafting at the end of a snake round draft because you're a reigning champion, uh, I feel like you, you can kind of hope a little bit <laughs> Two-time more. Two-time reigning champion, right? Uh, yes. Two, well, yes. It's not, uh, you know, consecutive. One, one with the asterisk. Yeah, one with an asterisk because you uh, were outliving your life in, in Japan or Switzerland or whatever. Uh, country you're in uh but i like uh, my third round pick which is the last pick in the third round mac scherzer and then back to back chris medlin with the first pick in the fourth round these are two guys that i think are uh gonna be keeper worthy i think they're really gonna make that jump to big name 
absolute aces. Medlin uh, has been incredible. I'm absolutely uh, Pedro Martinez like 2012. <laughs> does he and have he, the midget though? What's that? He does not have the the adorable midget. Is this uh, the it, year he he makes the uh, jump to superstardom and gets his own midget? That's the. Question. I will volunteer to be the midget. <laughs> the Medlin uh, midget. Yes. Uh, so those are two guys I like. Uh, you know, it's a little bit tough at that point in the draft. But, at, you know, I didn't keep any starting pitchers. I'd already taken Sabathia in the second round. So I, I'd taken three pitchers with uh, my three uh, picks there. So I'm I'm pretty happy with Scherzer and Midland. I like them a lot. Cool, cool. Yeah, and, and like Crime was saying, this is uh, round seven and eight for like a normal draft. So the end of seven, the beginning of eight. So we got... Uh, Medlin and Scherzer there. Cubes, what about you? Your favorite pick? Uh, I'm going to go two picks, kind of like kind of a back-to-back. Uh, early on, my strategy was to get as much hitting as possible. I kept three offensive players in uh, Batista, Carlos Gonzalez, and uh, Starlin Castro. So, you know, a lot of power. But anyway, I had three offensive guys. I had um, uh, Strasburg as another keeper. So I really I felt like I just, you know, Strasburg can be the anchor, hold it down. Um, and I wanted to get as much hitting as possible. So I didn't take another pitcher until round eight, and I was able to get uh, Giovanni Giardo, and then round nine, uh, Brandon Morrow. So I feel like having Giardo and Morrow is my uh, two and three, uh, and I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, I, I like those picks as well. Um, for myself, I was drafting at the 11th spot, so is there such thing as reigning runner-up, I guess? Um, yes. <laughs> I wear that. I, I wear that crown proudly. Um, I was drafted at the 11th spot, so in our first round, the real fifth round, um, I was looking to pick up two guys at that 11th and 14th pick right there that had been on my team earlier, and I did just that. So um, I ended up getting you at pick 59, and then my boy Yo-Yo Cespedes at 62. So um, I, I like rebuilding my team that I had the year before, I think they were a good team. And I, uh, you know, I think both of these guys are actually going to improve this year as well. I really think you can um, end up being a Cy Young, not, not just candidate, but I think he could be the AL Cy Young. And I think Cespedes could easily end up in the top five of the AL MVP voting. So um, getting two guys with that high of a ceiling, uh, especially, you know, with the keepers that I have getting those two guys in the first two rounds, I really, really liked. Um, the only thing I was a little hesitant about was I did consider going with Matt Cain over Cespedes um, and really solidifying the front of my rotation. I didn't have any pitchers. I kept four hitters as keepers. So I was thinking about going you and Kane, but um, I just couldn't pass up Yo-Yo at that point. And um, I, you know, I think my love for the big Cuban won out, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Well, and then you, you kind of, uh, I don't know if say get lucky, but with Chris Sale, in the uh, seventh round, then after Cespedes, that's that's not a bad consolation prize for passing over Kane. Right, uh, I like that. That adds to that that top of your rotation. Yeah, I liked Kane. I I think Kane's floor is higher than Darvish's. Um, he's real consistent, you know. But I just I think you really has the potential to to be something special. Um, not that Kane isn't, but yeah, I did consider going that uh, you and Kane. But then, yeah, I was able to pick up some pitchers later with my boy Chris Saleh and uh, Wayne Wright fell to did me. You, uh, did you guys. look up the pronunciation of that? He, he's a, a Caucasian, uh, <laughs> which leads me to believe that it's Sale, not Saleh. You can't uh, judge a, a man by his color, crime. Uh, it's uh, uh, Scott Fujita, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, you'd be wrong to look at him and, and think that his last name is something else because he doesn't look uh, Japanese. One of the the one other pick I did like. Um, we have a, a NA spot in our league now, so you can stash a guy who's in the minors. And I think getting Billy Hamilton in the 19th round is going to be huge, um, even if he doesn't get caught up until late summer. I mean, he could steal 50 bases in three months, and you know that's when you get into the playoffs. I think he could almost single-handedly handily help carry me to a championship. Um, so when he gets caught up, that's when steals get... steals are overvalued, gnarly. I yes. mean, in a good way. I like it. But yeah, steals are a little overvalued. You're right. I think you get three points for a steal and four points yes. for a homer. So, well, um, four points for a home run, but you also get the RBI and the run from it. So it's six, but sure. still. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, you got guys who can rack up fifty, sixty steals. That's like a guy hitting. You know, it's apples and oranges, but it's kind of like a guy hitting thirty home runs. Um, so that's a big upgrade over uh, my boy, who's currently my shortstop, Eric Ibar. So I, I like that pick as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NA spot. Uh, we just decided to put it in this year, and I think it's an upgrade. So, Crime, why did you decide that we were going to have an NA spot as a commissioner? Well, we talked before about incorporating some kind of like farm uh, system into the league, but right now I feel like it's just a little bit more complicated uh, than some of the people, obviously, uh, in a league where Ryan Howard and, and uh, Rizzo are picked back-to-back. The uh, they're probably not all ready to uh, incorporate a, a full minor league system. So I like uh, the NA not available spot uh, because you can hang on to one of those guys. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, to take, I took Will Myers in the 13th round uh, before some other pretty good, pretty solid players like a Homer Bailey and a Crawford and a uh, Mike Napoli and Ichiro. Some of those guys that aren't very sexy just because, uh, you know, you love these young prospects. I think in the internet age, everybody can kind of get on board with them. I don't want to hang on to them. I want to grab one uh, and see what happens this, uh, this spring, hopefully spring, otherwise summer. Uh, so I think it would be a cool way for us to to slowly start getting a little bit more into the the prospects. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the one that got away. Just like um, we can lament our high school love lives, crime for you. Who's the one guy that got away in this draft that you wish you could go back and get him um, as opposed to some other pick you may have made? Uh, I gotta go with Matt Moore. He's a guy I like from last year. I like uh, all those Devil Rays, and he went about ten spots after I took Chris Medlin. So I don't necessarily regret taking Medlin over him. Um, I wish I would have made a trade. The problem is, and I'm not, it's not sour grapes, but when, you, when you're missing so many guys from the league at the draft, it's really tough to pull off in-draft trades. Right. Um, we had, we had eight saying. guys. At, we do a live draft, just to let you guys know. We do a live draft where we all go to someone's house and, and do it there. Eight of the guys were there. Four of them missed it. So he's referring and, and we to had the, the guys that, Trev, that we had there. the bear. The mayor of Akron showed up. The uh, real mayor of Akron. Giving giving uh, James Frederick a police escort was uh, one of our upstanding officers. And we still had four people uh, with way lamer lives than us uh, who weren't able to make it to the draft. So I fully blame not getting Matt Moore on those, uh, those breaks. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and way lamer than the uh, mayor of Akron who spared his time to come and drink some Four loco with us. So yes. uh, and, the, ex- the excuses for those four guys are, are nothing. Exactly. All right, uh, Cubes, the one that got away for you. Uh, for me, uh, a very easy one, uh, Carlos Gomez. Um, when <laughs> I, dude, when I go into a draft, I have um, like guys that I want to have highlighted. Um, Chris, or Carlos Gomez was highlighted and bolded 
So just just to give you an idea of how much I wanted this guy, and I I just I was waiting on him, and right before um I mean right before he went, I got uh, Ben Revere, so I was happy with that. And I definitely did not think Trav, you ended up getting Carlos Gomez. I did not think that you were going to pull the trigger that early. It was round eleven, and I really thought he would go um, a lot later than that. And I feel I, I feel like I would much rather have Carlos Gomez and Ben Revere. Um, I guess I thought Ben Revere was the hotter ticket, so I wanted to get him earlier on. Uh, but yeah, that guy led the league in steals last year. I think in the second half of the uh, um, second half of the year, led the league in steals, and I don't know. Just I feel like that was kind of the guy that I wanted who could you know bust out and like um, you know. Yeah, well, we can yeah. work out a trade at some point there. He loves Gomez. I love Zobrist. Um, for my one that got away, I, I'm not going to say it's Ben Zobrist because he was taken before I actually got to pick. Um, but for me, it's uh, as Drubble, or as he's commonly known around our draft circles, as Dribble Cabrera. Um, very, very uh, clever, heady bunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a bunch of rocket scientists we're, we're with. Um, it's not so much that I'm in love with this Drubble Cabrera. It's just that what it left me with. Um, I was waiting on a shortstop. There wasn't really anyone that I could take in, you know, the first, you know, rounds five, six, seven, when we were getting kind of our studs. Um, and as soon as he went off the board in round eight, there was like literally nothing left. Uh, it's kind of the last decent option and it fell off a cliff after that. So, you know, I waited all the way until the 20th round, um, basically as far as I could go. Cause we draft 22 rounds and I picked up Eric Ibar who I'm not happy with at all. I'm just continuing to uh, hedge my bets that the Angels lineup is the best of all time. Since this is my fourth Angels hitter, I have Hamilton, Trout. Um, Pujols. Pujols, yeah. Pujols and now Ibar. So I'm really just banking on the fact that he scores a ton of runs, maybe gets some steals, and really I can't wait for Billy Hamilton to come in so I can get a uh, another shortstop. But my three picks before uh, as Drupal were uh, Chris Saleh, Wainwright and James Look Shields. That name. Look up the pronunciation. You're gonna, I'm going to rip my head off. Every man's fantasy pronunciation guide. Saleh. So Saleh, Wainwright, and Shields. Um, I love those three guys. I think it solidifies my lineup, but I definitely trade Shields now in a heartbeat for Asdrubal Cabrera because the left side of my infield of Ibar and uh, Manny Machado is pretty weak. So... Um, all right, let's go overall draft now, and I'm hoping we come up with some different things here. So we'll start with crime. Just give us who you thought had the best overall draft and, and some of the guys they, they got. All right, well, I was looking at it, and I think this is actually going to be unanimous. This is probably more uh, you know, of a very clear-cut best draft in the league than, than any of the other categories we were talking about before. But uh, i got to go with my man Cubes. I really like uh, the, the individual it's players. definitely not also- unanimous. Yeah, I, I didn't even pick me, so <laughs> uh, no I room like, for hubris, cubes. No, you room for uh, hubris. You know, in a league where or in a podcast where we're talking on our own boring, uh, dumb fantasy lives, I, I don't think we can even pretend to have any uh, amount of humility. Um, but I so I like Zobra's first uh, overall, which is in the fifth round, and then back to back his next two picks, I feel like are just super high upside guys. Uh, with Freddie Freeman and Eric Hosmer, I'm a big Eric Hosmer fan. I know he hasn't put it all together yet, but I like them. And then immediately after that, he backs up with uh, two solid pitchers in a row in Giardo and uh, Morrow. Then you skip around. I don't like uh, the Prez pick, but you move right ahead to Ben Revere, uh, which, again, in our league that weighs so on bases so heavily, you got to like that. Um, and then throughout the rest of the draft, just high uh, 
high quality guys who aren't big sexy names, uh, Anibal Sanchez, uh, Trevor Cahill, all that stuff, pretty much the whole way through, even you know, really late in the draft, getting Rick Porcello in the twenty second round. I love it. I think Cubes by far had the best draft. That I really don't see anybody even close. I'm, I'm. It's interesting because you just posted a um, kind of a, a, a league um, predictions pay, um, post uh, on the message boards, and you didn't even have me making the playoffs. So that's interesting. Hey man, it's a. I had the I had the best draft, but I'm not making the playoffs. Over but, here. Flipping uh, and well, flopping. Uh, I'm definitely making the playoffs. So. All right, well, Cubes, it's pretty high praise for you um, with the best draft. Is there anyone that you thought really um, really did a great job all the way throughout? Yeah, I think an uh, easy one for me was uh, Slick Nick, team, uh, Nick's team. I felt like every guy that he picked is, is somebody that I wanted. Um, first round, he goes Billy Butler. That was a guy I was waiting on. Um, he ends up getting uh, Madison Bumgarner in the seventh. Uh, that's who I wanted in the seventh. I, you know, had to. That's why I took so long to make my picks. This guy was taking all my picks. Um, let's see. He goes uh, Matt Weeders again. He was, yeah. you know, we all kind of said he had yeah, that was the best pick, pick of the draft. Yep. Uh, I thought Samarja was a good pick the round after that in the twelfth. Um, um, you should see on yeah. spelling of Samarja, by the way. That was very sp- – Nick's a gym teacher, uh, yeah. so you can imagine uh, he spelled Samarja perfectly. Yeah. yeah, well, and the funny thing is he's still making the same amount of money as you per year, who's an English teacher. So um, I actually – not to cut you off, Cuge, but I actually no, went with Nick it. as well. Um, I think he's a very by-the-book, very stock standard picker, but – and usually I'm not really into that, but this year I think he got some great results. You know, he came in with – his keepers were okay. He had Braun, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Ryan Zimmerman, and Johnny Cueto. So I think he was the only pitcher, the only person who kept two starting pitchers. A little bit of an odd strategy, but then he filled out his team nice. Like you said, Butler uh, in the fifth round, Desmond Jennings, who I absolutely love in the sixth round, Bumgarner in seventh, uh, Trumbo in the ninth, who could be a stud in his three-position eligibility. Um, we all talked about Weeders in the eleventh being the seal of draft. I think it was and. Then he went pitchers. Uh, Samarja, Sergio Romo in the 13th. Homer Bailey, the guy who knocked me out of the uh, championship last year with a no-hitter. How can I hate on a guy like that, right? Um, Brett Anderson in the 15th. And uh, even Crimes boy Cameron Mabin in the 16th. So, um, you know, the last three rounds he went Dustin Ackley, Drew Stubbs, and Bud Norris. So he even has guys who are some upside there in the last couple of rounds. I think he really killed it, um, you know, and he added to a decent base of keepers there. I think it's funny that the only player, the only owner who drafted any Astro is Nick, who drafted two of them. You could possibly say that he had the uh, best draft. Yeah, maybe no, it's time I, to retract that statement, right? Two What's Astros. That? I said maybe it's time to re- retract my statement. Two Astros. That's crazy. Um, all right. Well, we're going to start to wrap this up. But before we do that, I want to uh, have you guys make some bold predictions. So especially you, Crime, make some bold predictions for this season. So – Overall, who do you think is going to end up being the number one fantasy hitter in the game? And then I want you to give me, like, one guy who might break out a little bit, might surprise people and end up higher than, than a lot of people think. Uh, with the best hitter, I, I'm pretty settled on this. I don't think it's a huge gamble, but it's uh, not a guy who is drafted early in most leagues. But I love uh, Jose Batista, Joey Bats. Uh, he's a guy that still has the, the potential to knock in. 50 home runs. I don't know you can say potential about anybody, but uh, Batista's done it before, hit at that level. Uh, so I would go with Batista as the highest-scoring hitter. Um, he's he's got to have uh, the same 
are the best uh, odds to do that. And another guy I really like uh, in the draft as far as a breakout player, I'm going to have to do a little bit of a homer uh, and go with Ben Revere. I just think that the number of steals he's going to pile up, I know the Phillies offense isn't uh, you know, all that impressive anymore, but I just feel like you know, he's 24. He's, he's the perfect position to really uh, come into his own as a, as a big uh, league-wide force. So Ooh. I would go with Batista is the best hitter, and then Revere is a real breakout candidate. Who has a better year this year, uh, Revere or um, Dominic Brown? Uh, as far as fantasy? Yeah, fantasy-wise. Uh, Revere, just because the stolen okay. bases, they make so much. But I do think, I think Brown's going to be a really pleasant uh, fantasy addition. I think it's going to make up for Lou picking Ryan, in the, Ryan Howard in the first round. Fourth round, <laughs> fifth round, whatever. I, um, I don't think, in my mind, there's no question... Uh, I don't think you can bet against this guy at all. I think the best overall fantasy hitter is going to be Mike Trout. You know, obviously he's on my team last year, he's on my team this year. So I might, I guess you could say I'm biased, but at this point, you know, the guy had an absolutely amazing season. I don't really see how he could regress too much. He also now has Josh Hamilton in lineup with him. So, you know, they might uh, pull in some more runs. You know, I could easily see this guy stealing another 50 bases, you know, maybe going 25 uh, 30 homers, um, you know, batting around 300, and really, you know, he's the whole package. So I, I don't see how anyone can bet against Mike Trout this year, and obviously I'm hoping that he does uh, retain his title as number one overall hitter. As far as the breakout guy, I mentioned a little bit already, but I really, really like Desmond Jennings. Um, he was a guy on my team last year that I wanted to try to get back. Um, he's only had one – all right, now he has one full year under his belt. Uh, he's moving to center field, which might be able to help him. And, you know, last year he had 31 stolen bases and 13 homers. I think his average could climb to 280, maybe jack about 20, 25 home runs. And if you throw 30 steals on top of that, I think you've got a top 15 outfielder in most leagues. So I really like Desmond Jennings, um, and he was taking the sixth round for us, so he could prove to be a little bit of steal for, for being taken there. Um, what about the best overall fantasy pitcher? Uh, I, man, that's a tough one. It's I a really very do tough like... Question. I like Scherzer uh, a lot. I think that he. I, I know. It's I a said good, best good overall. You you heard that uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I go with Scherzer. I mean, why not? What's what's the fun of going with Verlander? So I'm going to go with his teammate uh, Scherzer. Uh, I I don't know. I can't give you anything real solid. I feel like he's another guy where he's right at that age. Where he's stepping up into it. Um, I think he's, everything's coming together for him. I like him a lot. Cubes. Um, you got Strasburg on your team. Are you riding the Strasburg train as the best yeah. overall pitcher? Oh, uh, yeah. I think All that's right. pretty easy. Um, I think that just the fact that they're, you know, taking that innings limit off of them, I don't know. I think it'll do. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, well, let's make it so, three for three. I'm going with a guy on my team. <laughs> you. Uh, he looked super sharp at the end of last year. You know, he had to come over to a new country. Uh, you know, he was allowed to drink here. Uh, have sex here <laughs> stuff that he was not used to back in japan so it made sense that it took him a little while to get his control back but he looked super sharp he stopped nibbling he attacked hitters uh brought his walks down considerably in the second half um in japan he used to pitch a ton of innings so i think he can be an innings eater this year and we all know he's going to rack up a ton of strikeouts uh he has a good club so i think he can get to 20 wins and to me that's a that's a pretty winning formula for best overall fantasy pitcher I know Cubes and a lot of guys are riding Strasburg. 
I like him, but and he'll definitely get the case. I'm just a little worried about him pitching a whole season. You know, last year it wasn't his fault. He got pulled early the year before he got hurt. Uh, so until he pitched a full season, I'm not ready to throw my, my eggs in the Strasburg basket there. But, you know, definitely a, a guy who's going to, if he plays, is going to be pretty dominant. All right, that about wraps it up for the inaugural edition of Everyman's Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe to our uh, podcast on iTunes, and it's really nice to see those five stars next to our name. So be kind and leave a rating. Until next week, may your fantasy harvest be bountiful.